0: Welcome to Worship Quest Wednesdays. Today, we are joined by Daniel Henderson and Alice Moss. As a senior pastor for over two decades, Daniel Henderson brought prayer-based revitalization to numerous churches. Now, as the president of Strategic Renewal, Daniel is dedicating his full-time efforts to help congregations across the country and world experience renewal. Daniel is sought after for his expertise in leading corporate prayer. He's authored uh, numerous books on biblical leadership and prayer, including Old Paths, New Power, and Transforming Prayer, How Everything Changes When You Seek God's Face. Daniel's been married for 38 years and has three kids and 11 grandchildren. Uh, Welcome, Daniel. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, such a joy. And Alice Moss is a Bible teacher, retreat speaker, workshop leader, and worship-based prayer facilitator. She has a unique ability to reach women with her genuine, enthusiastic love for Jesus. She offers wise biblical counsel to women based on a mature and clear understanding of God's word. Her biographical book, I Crossed Over, recounts her own 40-year journey in prayer for her husband's salvation. She has four children, 10 grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. Thank you, Alice, for being here. Well, our topic on this episode of Worship Quest Wednesdays is worship-based prayer. So let's begin with thinking about prayer in general. Is prayer an activity that we engage in or is it an identity that we embrace?
1: Yeah, so my answer would be yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it is both. It's certainly activity we engage in. Uh, it is the, act, you know, the action of depending on God. Certainly we'll talk about the worship foundation of that and the, yes. the scripture-fed reality of that prayer. Uh, but, you know, it's also an abiding relationship that's just to really, really core to who we are as disciples of Jesus. And, uh, uh, you know, prayer in the life of Jesus is so extraordinary. You know, I, I always say there's a sense in which he didn't need to pray, but did to help those of us who do need to pray, but don't learn how to do it, right? I mean, he, right. he's our model of perfect intimacy with the Father. So, yeah. you know, intimacy is the core of who we are as believers, but prayer is the activity by which we really enjoy that intimacy with God.
0: Yeah, that's great. Alice, what would you say about that? I would say
2: that prayer is our link to the Father like nothing else. Only his children have access to his throne. And you learn to pray by praying, Mm. being around people who pray. But most of my life, uh, I learned that we were seeking God's hand in the average prayer group. And we knew nothing about his face. Who he is rather than what he does and so when we learn to come before god and worship him as he's so deserving of we connect with his heart um, in an intimate way and it creates intimacy and it becomes a way of life for you. you you just automatically go to god whether it's a need or to bless him or to thank him or to worship him and the worship is is what's left out. And it wasn't until I I met Daniel, I had been teaching and leading and I had a heart of worship. But when he, my pastor at Arcade, he put a framework around what I was doing so that I could teach it to others. And, um, and, and he strengthened our prayer life at Arcade by teaching us the difference between God's face mm. and God's
0: mm. hand when we pray. Yeah. So uh, I think I know the answer, but would both of you say that prayer is more than simply simply asking God for things mm. or thanking God for things? Should it be more than that?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Take that, Daniel. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: often say that your definition of prayer will set your destination in prayer. Mm -hmm. So most people define prayer as talking to God, uh, telling him about my needs for the day. Uh, The writer Calvin Miller says that makes God one big ear and us one big mouth. Uh, (laughs) And no relationship survives of that perspective, right? Right. Uh, The definition I like to use is that prayer is intimacy with God That leads to the fulfillment of his purposes. And that definition is not only transformational, but but it's a compelling lifelong motivation, intimacy with God that leads to the fulfillment of his purposes. And so, uh, you know, having the right definition, I think, really sets the destination. And honestly, you know, I've met pastors who are uh, disappointed with prayer, they doubt its efficacy, it's because they're operating off the wrong definition. Uh, oh, yeah. Because if your definition is telling God what he's supposed to do today to structure the universe, according mm-hmm. to your specifications for a happy and comfortable <laughs> life, well, he's not obligated to do that. But if right. it is really intimacy with him in order to be transformed and to join him in his purposes, then that's where pray be- prayer becomes truly life-changing.
2: Yeah. And, you know, praying this way uh, connects our heart with God. Gets We get to know God's heart like this because we're praying his will and not ours. Yeah. Um, and most of us learn that the hard way. But uh, it's when we go through different difficulties in life, we face challenges and struggles, that causes us to seek God's hand. But if we had word that and to pray scripture, we will find it filled with instructions for worship. And that um, connects to the heart of God in ways that I would never have learned had I not had the trials that caused me to seek Him in prayer, but I didn't know how to pray. And then um, that transformed over time into such a sweet independence on God. It enlarges our vision of who God is. And and we parked there. Bible study and prayer meetings and worship services. are much sweeter when we embrace worshiping God more than we do asking
0: from God. Yeah, absolutely. So I was introduced to the idea of worship-based praying by Daniel Henderson. So Daniel, tell us about worship-based prayer. For someone that has no idea what we're talking about right now, what is worship-based prayer?
1: Yeah, and... Alice has teed us up really well on that. Um, just the 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 we call it anthropomorphic, you know, the pictures of God in the Bible. Um, <laughs> the difference between God's face and hand. Obviously, God's face is who He is. God's hand is what He does. And so, worship-based prayer begins, as Alice said already, by seeking God's face before you seek His hand. Um, and it's really based very clearly, really on. Multiple passages, but some very authoritative ones. Uh, One, of course, is Jesus' model prayer, uh, both in Matthew 6 and Luke 11, where he said, pray this way. Uh, Most people don't realize that in the original language, that's what we call a present imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's not an idea, a possibility. It's actually a command that we should always pray like this. And that's more than quoting the words, you know, that's experiencing the pattern. Because the words aren't even the same exactly between Luke 11 and Mark 6, but the pattern is the same. So uh, Jesus says, start here, not my need, but our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, Uh, your kingdom come. As one uh, writer has said, uh, the prayer is divided in two halves, basically. The first half is all God word, our Father, thy, 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 second half is all man word, us, us, us. The way we say it all the time, he's worthy, we are needy always starts with his worthiness before it moves to our neediness. And just very briefly, the other biblical uh, underscoring of this whole idea is the fact that in, in the book of Acts, we know the early church prayed, but there's only one instance that shows us how they prayed. And most people haven't realized that, but it's in Acts chapter 4. Uh, there's actually a record of, of what it looked like when the early church prayed. And they didn't start with their need, even though they're being persecuted, they're anxious, they were confused, they were traumatized. They started with sovereign Lord who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. And then they quoted from Psalm two, literally. And if you follow that prayer, they follow the pattern Jesus gave them. But literally they engaged in scripture-fed, spirit-led worship-based prayer. And um, again, when, when we see God's face, it changes everything about how we then trust him for our needs and the way we even pray. And we find out the Holy spirit has a prayer list that, that I only discover when I seek God versus just the prayer list that I think I need to tell God about. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, to add to that, when you tell people the term worship based prayer for some, it's intimidating, but it is so biblical. It's the paradigm of the Lord's prayer Um, in a nutshell. It's, it's prayer that is infused with worship. Its components are simply uh, scripture, prayer, singing, and then responding to God out of the scripture, out of someone's prayer, responding out of a certain song. And it's so simple, but people make it difficult because they're waiting to bring their needs to God. And our needs will never negate God's words. Uh, I love the quote by uh, Joseph Garlington. He he said, when you're having a difficult day and you can't seem to connect with God, you can't find him. Sit down and begin to worship him and he will come and find you. Mm -hmm. That's really true because God inhabits praise. So when we worship him, it draws us near to us." Right. That's good.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, oftentimes (laughs) when we're leading in prayer. Um, we don't really think through exactly how to lead. Uh-huh. And for me, I, I believe in our modern worship services um, that we could probably think a little bit more about the spiritually formative impact that prayer has upon the lives of our people. Um, it's one thing to, to invite a group together and say, okay, just pray and let's let the spirit lead us. And I think that is effective. Uh, But a lot of times in modern contexts, I feel like we're trying to do more modeling than leadership. And although there is biblical precedent to modeling worship, I think there's a key word there in leadership, right? Worship leader, uh, pastoral leadership that we need to do some leadership as well. And so we need to think through exactly what we're doing and how we're going to do it and how to help our people even um, properly seek God's face, right, because people don't understand, don't don't realize how to do that. Uh, For those that lead in worship, I think thoughtfulness with the words that we choose for prayer is critically important. Uh, we must speak words that honor and glorify God, words that are theologically accurate, uh, that present God as who Scripture says He is, rather than maybe using uh, attributes and words that aren't quite found in the Bible. Um, I remember this um, story from the Babylon Bee, which is a, a satire uh, site. But uh, this article, just real quick here, says during a brief prayer, while leading worship at Tidal Wave Church Sunday morning, local worship leader Brian Hatchback Lancer managed to espouse no less than 47 different heresies, according to witnesses. <laughs> it says, Father God, we just come before your spirit now, and we just thank you, Father God, for dying on the cross for us. Lancer's prayer began immediately falling into heresy. Send the Father down in power now, and let your son fill this place as we glorify the spirit now, Lord Jesus. Thanks so much, Daddy, for creating Jesus and sending him to earth in spirit so we could learn to fulfill your law, Holy Spirit. As his fellow Christians could only peek out of one eye and watch in terror, Lancer plowed forward, totally unaware he was totally botching nearly every facet of Christian thought, repeating a long parade of heresies from throughout church history. In the brief whimsical prayer, Lancer managed to stumble into Gnosticism, Pelagianism, Arianism, Patripassianism, and a brand new heresy with elements of both modalism and the plot of Stargate SG1. It was pretty amazing, actually, said head pastor Matt Wetzel. I was going to stop him, but I wanted to see if he could hit every apostasy known to man. Wetzel also admitted he needs to do a better job shepherding the worship leader. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's my job, isn't it? You know, it's funny. It's comical. And it's really sad because sometimes we see some of this actually happening in our churches, but I firmly believe that prayer that contains biblical truth and sound orthodoxy spiritually forms worshipers in significant ways. Uh, Another way to say it would be good prayer forms us well, while bad prayer poorly forms us so i guess my question would be how do we lead in worship-based prayer mm, like is version. is there a, a, um, some tricks to this uh, is there a list of instructions that we follow like if if i'm a pastor or a worship leader watching this today um how do we jump I'm
2: into this gonna, i'm gonna read this quote by ian bound i okay. think will help uh to avoid the danger of mindlessly reciting prayers without making sure they come from our hearts. Mm. And mm. Uh, people have learned prayers, rehearsed prayers, repetitious prayers, uh, or they will repeat God's name over and over again, sometimes just filling in the blanks. And Ian Bound says, Sometimes our prayers are merely stereotyped expressions of set phrases. The freshness and life for praying dissipated long ago. Without desire, there is no burden of the soul, no vision, and no glow of faith. There is no strong pressure, no holding on to God with a despairing grasp. God draws near to the praying soul. Yeah.
1: Uh, good,
2: I agree man. with that wholeheartedly.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: Amen. I think it's better not to say anything no. than to just speak words.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are those because throwaway silent prayers. silent prayer is
2: a way of praying too. Yeah.
1: We've got our own form of vain repetition these days, don't we? So, uh, yeah, I would just add to that, uh, you know, we use the phrase scripture-fed, spirit-led, worship-based prayer. It's not really worship-based prayer if it's not the first two things. First of all, scripture-fed. And we often say in human conversation, whoever starts a conversation tends to guide it. That's why we might start a conversation from His Word, right? So every prayer meeting I lead, that Alice leads, and every worship service needs to start with, let's see what the Bible has to say, let's, let's look to the scripture, because that's where we find clear revelation of God. But then also spirit-led, and and you know, I wrote a whole book on this, because it's one of my passions, all the wonky things to your Babylon B reference that are said about the Holy Spirit that have nothing to do with the New Covenant or the Bible, they're you know, uh, waving the Holy Spirit in from the vent system, thinking he's coming in with the smoke machine and he's going to just give us some external quiver or liver rather than the internal dwelling of the very spirit of God, whose primary purpose is to glorify Jesus Christ, Mm. not to make us feel good or, or, you know, have a little uh, spiritual fling. And so if the word of God and the spirit of God are not being represented properly in our prayer, then it's not really going to be worship-based prayer. It's just going to be some ethereal, weird, popular experience that really doesn't honor Christ. And so uh, those are two things that I just think are so, so very vital. And versus modeling leading and in my coaching with pastors, and, and you know we do a, a lot of coaching to help pastors lead a culture of prayer. Um, I, I kind of joke that traditionally we, do, we call it with the pastoral prayer, and we say, let's pray. And then, you know, I've been in situations where a guy will drone on for five minutes, and it's good meaty stuff, but he doesn't realize 30 seconds into it, most people are wondering how long the line's going to be at in and out or what they're going to go when they go shopping. You know, I suggest when we say, let's pray, that doesn't mean you listen to me pray. That means let's pray. And I'm going to give you biblical guidance to how to engage in prayer. And so that there's a bit of, of actual participation in body life and learning to pray by praying, not just passively allowing your mind to drift while someone in the, you know, in the interest of trying to model actually puts people to sleep. So uh, my two cents on that subject. <laughs> yeah, one of my
0: passions is corporate congregational worship, which means the congregation is the one that's doing worship. right? Right, That they are participants. And we've, um, we've pushed this with our songs a lot, right? We don't want to just sing a solo, even though, you know, like a special music piece is really good. And we can still worship through that in the hearing of the presentation. Uh, But for the most part on a Sunday morning in church, we want the congregation to join in in song. So we are doing congregational songs that the congregation is singing along with. But I don't know if we've turned the corner yet on prayer, congregational Mm -hmm. praying. A lot of times we still have one person that prays from the platform while everyone else listens. Um, But if this is a corporate worship experience and prayer is worship and we're saying let's pray together, then maybe we should allow the congregation to spend time praying.
2: Yeah. We used to do that, Daniel. would have uh, sometimes even on a Sunday morning. Oh, sure. Uh, but particularly at Thursday night Fresh Encounters when the purpose was coming together to actually be a part of worship-based prayer. Groups of five or six people. But prayer in a corporate setting has to be facilitated. Mm-hmm. And if you don't give instructions, then... Um, people are not used to praying with a focus and so their impulses are all over the map. And So so the leader has to give uh, instruction uh, a a focus that you're praying about But sometimes it would be uh, upcoming things, uh, concerns of the church that we would be praying about. It, It may focus on marriages. It could focus on BBS or whatever it might be. But when you say spirit led if you're a leader and you're an AWA personality, you're gonna have a difficult ch- time letting go of your agenda. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell people it's okay to have an agenda, but hold it loosely. What if God chooses to change it? Yeah. And so if you don't give instruction when you're leading prayer, whether you're vertical or horizontal or whether you're in confession or giving thanks, um, then people will just pray, pray their impulses and, mm. and you'll be all over the map without a focus. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. To follow up on instructional prayer, in, in, especially in a corporate setting, Daniel, yes. I love what you guys have on your strategic renewal website. Mm-hmm. It's a strategicrenewal.com, right? Yep. Yeah. And so you have some resources there, and some of them are called prayer guides. And uh, some go through this different Psalms. Uh, others take a contemporary worship song and incorporate prayer points within the song. Yeah, uh, I saw a number of them that I really, really liked uh, based on some of the popular songs that are in churches today, yeah. um, like this one that I printed out here. It's from Hill Songs, Who You Say I Am. And so the, the layout here is you sing verse one, who am I that the highest King would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. And then maybe up on the screen or something, or maybe the leader, you know, will lead out uh, inviting the congregation to pray. Jesus, yeah. because you are the highest King, I know you can and let them fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And this can be silent or spoken out so others can hear right and be engaged i love that the apostle paul encourages us not just to worship the lord not for just vertical worship but also horizontal worship yeah. to encourage one another in songs to
1: one another right yeah right and yeah. so
0: encourage each other with your singing encourage each other with your prayer encourage each other with scripture and so here by speaking it out it's encouraging one another and then go into the chorus who the sun sets free, who is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And then a prayer prompt. Prayer prompt. I praise you, Jesus, that you set me free from. Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Thank you that because I am a child of God, I am. Fill in the blank. And then you move into verse two. And after every one of these verses or chorus or bridge, you have a prayer prompt based on the theme of what you just sang.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a great way to continue to incorporate prayer and song in scripture.
1: Sure. And you know, one of um, my good friends, we have a global fellowship of pastors committed to prayer in the ministry of the Word. And one of the things we talk about is building a prayer uh, sidewalk on the footpath of your worship service, right? Giving opportunities like that. And my friend Vance Pittman, who pastors in Las Vegas, said in most churches, prayer has been relegated. The moments of transition to get people on and off the platform, Hmm. Uh, rather than being a meaningful part of the service. And many, many churches are beginning. Vance's Church, Church of Five Thousand Fifty Two Language Groups, they pray ten minutes in every service, but it's very participatory. You know, it's not just listening; it's giving people, to Alice's point, direction based on truth, based on the truth of the song or in, you know, we've even had pastors now beginning to stop partway through their sermon and saying, before we move on to the next point, let me lead you in prayer to apply with this truth we've just heard. And Steve, come and lead a little course that fits that theme. And, yeah. uh, you know, w- we have this impression that lost people, that freaks them out if we pray. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, what do you think they expect you to do when they come to church, right? And, exactly. uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, and it needs to be meaningful and life-giving and biblical, but, um, and, and I just had one more thing, Steve. You know, we talk about, uh, historically, a lot of guys talk about the manifest presence of God, like it's, you know, some energy that came into the room. But if you look at Second First Corinthians 12, where that word is used, the manifestation of the Spirit, it's the Spirit in me with mm-hmm. my gifts, what He's doing in me, manifesting His life to you. And if we don't give people an opportunity in our services to connect, then the actual New Testament idea of the manifestation of the Spirit is not accommodated um, in, in really a way that's life-changing. And I love what you said. It's not just making mellow in your heart to the Lord. It's singing to one another. It's ministering to one another, praying with one another. And that's a game changer for the local church. Right. Amen.
0: Yeah, one of the things that really changed my perspective on this is a number of years ago, our senior pastor here at my church in Huntington Beach uh, would tell us that at breakfast on Sunday mornings with his kids, and they were teenagers, college age at the time, he would ask them, who are you going to church this morning to bless?
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Isn't that corporate worship? It's so often we come to church and we think, okay, how is God going to bless me? I hope they sing my favorite song this morning. Mm -hmm. I hope that it's a good sermon and it makes an impact upon my life. But if we instead would come to church with the idea of how can I bless someone else in their journey, their spiritual journey? How can I encourage someone else in their worship of the Lord? I hope this morning we sing Alice's favorite song. That Mm -hmm. way she's blessed. I don't like that song, but that's okay. Because I know she'll be blessed, right? That's a completely different perspective to come to corporate worship with. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It sure is. Jesus so how came, do we change the culture in our churches toward more of an idea of worship based praying? In uh, what I've always said is um, culture changes, uh, there's a variety of ways in which we can change culture within a church or any other organization Um, some don't take too much effort you know because people hold it loosely most though a lot of people hold cultural issues pretty tightly and um I've always said that culture changes are more like turning a cruise ship rather than a speedboat, right? The speedboat can make a shift and change and go pretty quickly, but a cruise ship's going to take, you know, two days to make a left turn, you know? (laughs) And so uh, I would think that if a church isn't used to doing something like worship-based prayer, that's going to be a pretty big cultural shift. How do we do this? Daniel, if
2: this makes me think of uh, the cultural change difficulties we faced at Arcade that brought about Thursday night mm-hmm. and how you had to choose another night because some don't want to change the way they pray. They've, they've grown up this way. It's, it's, it's embedded into their way of thinking. And so Daniel sort of worked his way around that. <laughs> and that's, uh, that began worship based prayer for Thursday night question Counter. You, you want to address that a little bit, Daniel?
1: Well, yeah, a couple of things real quickly. One of which is that I think it has to begin with the leadership. We always say that a culture of prayer always emanates from the epicenter of leadership. So to just create new prayer activity without reframing your leaders toward prayer and the ministry of the word is not gonna be lasting. And we literally had to change our leadership mindset from that of trustee to leaders who are committed themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. I would say when the prayer virus, uh, that's a bad word to use right now, but when the prayer virus you know, hatches in the leadership core, it's gonna spread, it's gonna be contagious. Um, And then I think a variety of experiences where people just taste it, and it may not be in Sunday morning initially, maybe other environments. I know when we tried to change the midweek Wednesday prayer meeting from request-based, and Alice was referring to that, to worship-based, you would have thought we were questioning the virgin birth and ripping pages out of the Bible. So uh, we just said, all right, well, we'll maintain that on Wednesday, but on Thursday, we're going to do a worship-based prayer meeting. And the traditional prayer meeting stayed at the same 25. The worship-based grew to hundreds. Um, So I think people have to have the experience and then begin to carefully integrate it into the weekend services. Uh, I always say, again, build sidewalks where footpaths already exist. So in your leadership team, in your small groups, in your ministry team meetings, and eventually in your worship services, just gradually change the way people pray. And uh, in time, God's gonna give them an appetite for that. And it will become a part of the culture, but you have to be patient, you, you really do. I always say it's a crock pot, not a microwave.
2: Amen, and, uh, it's, it's, know, it's, yeah. it's one step journey at a time. It doesn't happen overnight to, to help people enlarge their vision of who God is and, and um, to, to feed them from the leadership of the church, the worship pastor and the senior pastor. Um, that is who has the greatest influence in the church And so you slowly build those bridges where there's already a footpath there Mm -hmm. for you to build on. And so if you could get the people to think more about who God is, how great he is, how wonderful he is, and uh, how good he is, and think about his, look for his attributes uh, when you read scripture. Uh, Add those attributes into your prayer gathering as a focus and redirect that focus with songs or prayers. Like you mentioned early, God is great because, I love him because, I worship him, why? And um, when this new baby was born uh, 12 days ago, uh, I I was thinking about that because I, I, I often encourage people to begin writing down five things a day that they're thankful for because I truly believe if we learn to thank God enough, it's a road that will lead us to worship Him. And and as I held that baby, I thought, uh, I, I just recent last month turned 80 years old. And I thought, what a joy for me to hold this brand new baby in my arms. That alone is enough to carry my praise of worship before the throne of God. So as a worship leader, or as a prayer leader, or as a pastor, I think it's our responsibility to incorporate worship-based prayer that scripture fed and spirit led. And by spirit led, it means if God is directing a certain way and you plan to go a different way, whose way do you think is gonna be the best? And I ran into that coming from practically all 99% African-American church when God brought me to Arcade. But we learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And we use those things that's gonna enhance the body of Christ and bring glory and honor uh, to the Lord Jesus. And worship-based prayer does that. Chuck Swindoll said, it's the missing jewel in our prayer groups, leaving out the worship, because we all hunger for it. God made us that way. So we're incomplete, unfulfilled when we just go to church, let somebody else do the praying and singing, and we can't wait to get to Starbucks or wherever. But to spend a few minutes thinking about who he is and how great he is, and park on his attributes for just a couple of minutes. I, that's assignment I give people. Go spend two, three minutes without asking God for anything. Daniel used to say in the prayer groups, if you pray too long, a trap door is going to open up and you're going to be sucked through. So, so, and we would all laugh, but there's truth in that. There's great truth in that.
0: So Daniel, practically, what does a, um, a group that is engaging in worship-based prayer, say your Thursday night Fresh Encounter, uh, if I were to walk in the door, what would I see happening
1: yeah, well, it would always begin with scripture and then song that relates to that scripture. So there's kind of a thematic unity around that. Um, you know, based on the Lord's Prayer, I follow what you would call it the 4-4 four, four pattern, you know, your musical. So you'll know that reverence, response, request, readiness, upward, downward, inward, outward. Worshiping the Lord, our Father, art in heaven. And then some movement of response, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then moving to requests, our daily bread, you know, our relationships, you know, ministry needs, personal needs. But then also before you leave getting ready for battle, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, in a subtle way, without making those references necessarily, it's just instinctive to follow a pattern like that in a, in a prayer meeting, first of all, because Jesus commanded it. And I I don't want to be disobedient in my praying, right? I want to obey what he said to do. So Uh, But it would incorporate thematic songs, opportunities for people to pray about church needs, personal needs, uh, and then certainly just getting ready to go back out into the battlefield with the word of God in our mind, and our heart. And um, so it doesn't start with, does anybody have any prayer requests? It doesn't start with pray as you feel led. That's usually a cue to just say whatever comes to your mind, you know, not praying around the circle, all those traditions, but really beginning with uh, an open Bible and choruses of worship that that tie everything together in a thematic focused fashion so that everyone is edified. And then I call it leveling the praying ground. As we've already said, giving people prompters. So out of the scripture, not telling them what to pray, just showing them how to pray the word so that uh, shy people can enter in and they don't feel intimidated and those long-winded people don't hijack the deal with a 15-minute King James diatribe, political announcement, counseling insight, you know, just staying focused and united in our prayers. And that has tended to make a transformational, mutually edifying prayer experience year after year.
2: I often use the word brief when I'm encouraging people to pray because if you're in a large setting, people who pray three, four minutes, oh, wow. that's a long time and people will disengage around you. So sentence praying is a good way to fill in the blanks or I, I'll, I'll ask them to pray a brief uh, paragraph uh, of prayer. I'm sending the message not to lo- not to uh, uh, embellish their prayers with long-winded mm-hmm. words, but but God hears the simple prayer. Uh, in Lawson's devotional guide, he tells a quick story, right? Quick of a guy at the end of the day, he was surfing in the, in the ocean, just like, gagging yeah, as the sun went down and he looked up and he saw that he was further out in the ocean than he he thought he had been so he began to pedal to get back to shore and the harder he pedaled the further out in the ocean he went and he had the thoughts that oh god i'm they will never know what happened to me and his prayer was simply oh lord and a wave came up true story uh, he was caught in a and a wave came up and brought him all the way to shore. He didn't have time for a long-winded prayer. He simply said, help, Lord.
0: That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, just to wrap up our time with um, thinking about the culture you know, shifts. I saw a comment on your website, Daniel, that says a prayer culture is more like a crock pot than a microwave. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like that. Right. Uh, It's going to take a while, uh, but the end product is going to be so savory and so sweet.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. As we spend time with God seeking his face and not just his hand. That's right. I love that that, uh, saying, Alice. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, uh, thank you so much for being with us. So glad that you are able to carve out some time here to spend with us in your busy schedules. Uh, So as we close, uh, Alice, will you close us in a word of prayer?
2: I will, my pleasure. Father in heaven, I thank you that you have taught us to pray from your word. I praise you for who you are. And if you never do anything else for us, you're still worthy of all of our love and adoration. So thank you for the blessing of sharing our hearts this morning. We pray, Lord, that the words of our mouths and the meditations that have come from our hearts were acceptable to you and would be edifying to your people. I pray that you would bless the efforts of the church at Huntington Beach who has a heart for prayer. Mm-hmm. I pray that you would give them fresh perspective anointing Lord and a renewed dedication to lead your people for your word has says if my people who are called by my name but humble themselves and pray and seek my face Lord teach us to seek your face before we seek your head we honor you oh God because you are so deserving and so bless this time use it to Touch hearts of those who will hear and listen, and then bless the men who are called pastors and worship leaders and women. In Jesus' name, amen.